Hello and welcome again to Rises from Spain. Once again, with you. Before starting the show, remember that I have an email added to this horizonsfromspain.com where you can send your comments, your proposals, of whatever you want. Let's start just reading some uh, news. And then, on today's show, I will have Javier Pulido, the journalist and also one of the man behind the event of Spice Horror that will take place in New York. And also we will have a little Lara's tribute together with Robert Monell's uh, review of a Just Franco movie. Um, but before, let me tell you that um, The Living Dead at the Manchester Moor Green Bill has been edited. It's the score of this classic zombie film that was composed by Giuliano Sorgini. Um, it also includes an exclusive cover art by Luke Kinsett. And all the track list that is included uh, in the movie. In order to get more information, visit deadworldsrecordingcompany.com and you can buy it there. Also, let me tell you that uh, there is a very new interesting fan scene 
Okay, we are in issue number two, but um, it's free online, it's in Spanish, but it contains a lot of interesting, you know, image, pictures, and draws. It is called Los Tesoros de Colosa, and it's uh, a fan scene dedicated to Ray Harryhausen. Um, you can find it on Isu www.com Monster David that's Los Tesoros de Colosa 2 also on Arises from Spain website that is Arises from Spain.wordpress.com you can find the link um, the main contents are Almería bajo el terror de Wangi that is Almería under the horror of Wangi an interview to Ernie Farino also an interview to my Hank King uh, Remembering the Last Train Farewell to Ray, and the illustrations are by Domingo Lizcano and Julio Sari and Jorge Aguirre. It's a very interesting issue. Also, uh, talking about La Raz, um, a novel by him has been published that is called Besos Fríos, called Kisses. Um, it's a novel written by this director, and it has been published by Caltigi Ediciones, the main thing is that only 50 copies are out and the price is 15 euros. It's in Spanish, I'm sorry. And in the, novel, in the novel, you will find a universe of female vampires, horror, sex and blood. For more information, you just go and visit the KathleenEdicciones.blogspot.com um, Also, the link is on Horrorizers from Spain website. And also, there is a new Nazi cast, in this case, Beyond Nazi One, that is dedicated to the awful Dr. Orloff. Um, now, before listening to music, let me thank, um, you know, one of the people behind Horizons from Spain, that is Dan Fischer. If you visit our website, you will find a new design that I absolutely love. He has made. Um, that's all the music of the show. Is uh, by the band Mets and Dress. Um, very interesting one. You can check them on Facebook and YouTube. I will post the link on the site. I hope you like them. And let's listen to one of the songs by him. And after that, uh, you will be able to listen to Javier Pulido interview. That is a very interesting one. Yeah. We be in the zone. 
with the guest of the month that in this case is Javier Pulido Javier Pulido is a journalist is the author of the book called La Década de Oro del Cine de Terror Español and also is one of the men behind an event about the Spanish horror that would take place in New York in October and November Hello Javier, welcome to Horizons from Spain Hi Elena and, and hi everyone How are you? Uh, fine, fine, thanks. <laughs> so, Javier, what made you start your research on Spanish horror? Um, I thought it was a genre badly treated by critics who always has considered it minor. Even the fans have been traditionally cruel to these films. But uh, at the same time, Spanish horror has a lot of followers on both sides of the Atlantic. So I thought it had to be a different way, more respectful to, to write about it. In 2012, you published a book that I mentioned before that is called La Década de Oro del Cine de Terror Español, is something like the golden decades of the horror cinema from Spain. What can you tell us about it? Uh, despite this title, uh, chosen by the, uh, by the publisher, the book is focused on the filmography of Profilms, uh, a small Barcelona production company, uh, known as the Spanish Hammer. Uh, there have been other good books on Spanish horror films, but the history and movies of Profilms have only been, uh, um, have only been analyzed in a few lines in the best case. I thought the company deserved a tribute uh, done with love and respect. What gave you the idea for writing it? Uh -huh. the, uh, the idea came from the Citrus Festival um, in uh, four or five years ago. Uh, in that edition, it was projected a, a, a version of Exorcist. And after the film, uh, there was a post-screening with the presence of Paul Nazi and the producer, Jose Antonio Pérez Giner. They told a lot of funny anecdotes of, of the times, and I thought it had a beautiful story to tell. Months later, I had the opportunity to meet Paul Nazi, who encouraged me to write about it. And what can we find in the book? Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to analyze these films from a sociological point of view. I wasn't interested in telling whether they were good or bad, so it's not strictly a book about cinema. What was I intended, and, and I hope I got it, was to map Spanish obsession during the Franco dictatorship. Uh, I mean sex, death, frustration, isolation. Um, on the basis of the horror films are uh, capable to document fears of people in times of political or economic crisis. Uh, the boom of Spanish horrors that occurred in the last years of Franco, uh, I thought uh, that gives me a, 
a unique uh, opportunity in this regard. And how long did it take you to write it? Mm -hmm. uh, it began as a doctoral thesis, which lasts about four years. Uh, once approved, I did more interviews, removed all the academic focus, and tried to make it more uh, dynamic and fun. Uh, in total, about uh, four months I took at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so far, it's only in, in Spanish. Is there any chance of having it in English? Hmm, I don't think so. Uh, currently, the publisher has the right, so the decision is in his hand. Anyway, uh, it would be nice to have it translated so it can be read everywhere, but um, it's difficult. Which one is the publishing company? Uh, TMB Publisher. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what's the movie, the Spanish movie, I mean, that started all about it? Uh, I'd say The House That Scream uh, by Burgess Knight, they, they were in the first films, but its box office success and international projects, projection opened the way for hundreds of films that will come later. And for you, what is the essential movie of that time? Hmm. Um, surely Frankenstein's bloody terror mm -hmm. condensed well the, the characteristics of of the genre, both visually and thematically. It has the classic flavor, but also is morbid, as was the Mediterranean horror. Uh, however, if I had to recommend a movie to someone who hasn't seen any Spanish horror movie, uh, I'd probably say that Sleeping Corpse Lie, the fantastic film directed by Jordi Grau, mm -hmm. which for me is the, is the best effort of the, of the, of the period. Um. For you, what are the main influences of Spanish horror? Hmm. Uh, the Spanish horror films of, of that time, with some exceptions, uh, were very, very magnetic. Paul Nazi was a big fan of horror films from uh, from Universal and tried to honor them in his scripts. Uh, but those films were made almost with no money, so the result ended up closer to Hammer films. In addition to the influences of the classics, uh, I think these films try to replicate the horror trends of the time. Uh, I don't know, uh, The Living Dead of George Romero, The Exorcist films, uh, and also Spanish horror films showed a vast influence of dark paintings of uh, people like Solana and Goya. And what are the main characteristics? Uh, I think this film reflect the the release of the instincts and desire of some inhibited spectators after a long history of prohibition on moral and sexual uh, affairs. Uh, the latent fears to women's liberation was expressed express significantly in this film as well as the prevalence of religion, embodied in a constant sense of guilt and a feeling of attraction repulsion uh, for sin. In this episode of Her Rises from Spain, there is a little tribute to José Ramón Larraz, who sadly passed away last month. What would you add light uh, about him and his movies? Uh, like, so, like so many other directors, like Osorio, um, and a lot of, of people, it's assumed that in Spain he never reached uh, the recognition he deserved. Uh, he was a 
very friendly and interested in person, uh, very funny. And in his horror films, I love uh, his exquisite aesthetic taste and his disturbing look of female sexuality. Now, from October the 30th to November the 10th, there is a very special event in New York about the Spanish horror. What can you tell us about it apart from the screen of the werewolf versus the vampire woman or the house that scream or con Dracula's grey love? Mm -hmm. uh, there was an initial selection of 25 films. Uh, from there we had to discuss some uh, because it was impossible to find the original or the owners of the right as, as a ridiculous large amounts. Uh, finally, the series include 10 or 11 films, I'm not sure, which I hope uh, looks uh, didactic and entertaining to those who have never seen the Spanish horror films of the late 60s and, and early 70, 70s. How did you end being part of this project? Uh, I was a Spanish consulate in, in New York. Uh, the people of the Spanish consulate find my book, uh, contact me to be the commissioner of, this, of the series. At the end of last year, uh, since then I've dealt with the selection of all, uh, of, of all movies and write all the texts. And the logistical issues have been commissioned by the Anthology Film of, of New York. And now, what are you working on now? Hmm. I haven't got much free time <laughs> because my journalist work consumes me, but soon I hope to write another book. And this time it will be about cinema, about music. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot for, for being part of Her Rises from Spain. Mm -hmm. Thanks to you. <laughs> My pleasure, Leon. Coming soon to this theater, a ghastly, ghoulish, and totally incredible motion picture. The Werewolf versus the Vampire Woman.
You brood over things too much. It's bad for you. Come on. Wanted How disgusting. Why? It's a compliment in a way. You're probably his type. The very thought of him makes me sick. I never look, never speak to him. Who is he? Brady, the odd job man. Of course, but then some women find that attractive. He disgusts me.
I'm Robert Von Apple, and today I'm going to discuss the horror films of the late Jose Ramon Laraf. First, I would like to recommend the documentary on vampires and other syndromes by Felia Novis about the films and the career of Laraf. The most interesting aspect of the horror films of the late Spanish director Jose Ramon Laraf is the way they immediately establish an ominous atmosphere of anxiety, suspense, mystery, and eroticism, which lingers long after the film is over. His first few films were made in England between 1969 and 1974. They are all quiet studies in abnormal psychology and feature sudden bursts of bloody violence. The most memorable of these films were the lesbian female vampire film, Vampires, in which the title characters, played by Anulka and Marianne Morris, prey on men they pick up, and Symptoms, featuring Angela Pleasance, who gives a brilliant performance as a disturbed young woman who murders her lesbian lover and several other people in her isolated cottage. These films use the bucolic English countryside as a backdrop to the morbid goings-on. Most of Laroth's later horror films also take place in rural settings, such as The Coming of Sin, which was made when he returned to Spain in the late 1970s after strict censorship was relaxed. That film featured a deadly menage a trois between a wealthy artist and two local gypsies whom she picks up. It has an ironic twist at the end, another feature which distinguished his films. Laroth also made two slasher films in the U.S. in the late 1980s, The Edge of the Axe and Deadly Manor, both of which were moody studies in f of female serial killers. Jose Ramon Laroth made unique, compelling horror films which are cult classics and he will be missed. Sinister. Theirs is the ultimate lust. They are vampires. Very unnatural ladies. Your blood will freeze as they lead you down the corridors of terror. Vampires thirsting for blood. Their lips are moist and very, very red. They rivet you with terror. On the one hand, it would be easy to call the late José Ramón Larraz one of the most underrated filmmakers of European genre cinema, because let's face it, he is, especially when taking into consideration the lack of attention that has been paid to his films in the DVD era. As a fan and someone who personally considers Larraz to be a filmmaking hero, one of the things that stings the most about Larraz's passing is that unlike fellow departed icons of cult cinema, such as Jess Franco, Gene Rollin, and even Valerian Barocic, all lived to see their films presented in an entirely new light on DVD, something which no doubt introduced their work to a new generation of fans. Laraz never got that, aside from a few exceptions, the most obvious being the various releases of Vampires. 
On the other hand, to say Laraz's work went by completely unappreciated would be a slap in the face to the legion of devoted fans who have been extremely vocal and rightfully so over the years about the lack of availability of Laraz films on DVD. Even still, we've made do with beat-up, time-coded prints of Whirlpool, copies of deviations sourced from old, scratchy VHS tapes, or in the case of a film like La Muerte Incierta, prints that have turned completely red. Despite the not-so-pristine condition of the viewing materials, Laraz's artistry was more than apparent and the atmospherics of his films were undeniable. And as any fan will attest to, when it came to atmosphere, Laraz was untouchable. Perhaps Laraz's biggest directorial strength was his ability to get the most out of his locations, as evidenced by the aforementioned whirlpool and deviation, but most notably in key films, vampires, and his masterpiece, Symptoms. Even a film like The Notorious Black Candles, infamous for its salacious material, is smothered in moody ambience. While it's true that any filmmaker can set a film in a creepy, isolated, woody area, in Laraz's films, his locations become characters in their own right. He gave them personality, and when combined with the ominous ambiguity of his plots and mysterious, often hedonistic characters, he stamped his films with a vibe and identity that is entirely his own. It's a unique identity that carried over into his later work as well, in films like the off-the-wall but incomparable to anything else, Rest in Pieces. His slasher mystery, Edge of the Axe, which I'm happy to see enjoying a bit of rediscovery as of late, and his penultimate feature, Underappreciated Deadly Manor, also known as Savage Lust wherein Laraz counters every familiar slasher film trope with something completely out of left field that a lesser director would never think of including in a film of that type. Even though he had long been retired as a director when he passed, I can't help but think that with Laraz gone, there is a void in the world of horror. And for those more casual fans who may only be aware of Laraz's name, I cannot recommend all of the above-mentioned films enough, along with other fascinating films like Scream and Die, also known as The House That Vanished, The Coming of Sin, famously retitled Violation of the Bitch, and Stigma. José Ramón Larraz, the artist, may be gone now, but the films remain for those curious enough to seek out the work of a maverick auteur and a key figure in the history of cult cinema, whose films continue to stand out and just may change your entire outlook on film, hopefully for the better. Descanse en paz, José. Rest in peace. Tom Clark Oh, 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 oh. Well, we're not here in this town Something with a place oh, 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 oh. They say that a woman died No one knows why oh, 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 oh. Everybody is so happy Anybody could have been Say, hey, where you were you yesterday? Why is 
hear so far all the tribute I have received about Jose Ramon Larraz. Um, okay, I was a little disappointed. Just uh, because uh, when I asked for Yes Franco tribute, I was overloaded with all the things I received. But now, um, about Jose Ramon Larraz, I only received three things. And oh my god, he was a great director. Um, I don't know, because um, I know Jose Ramon Larraz is not a typical Spanish horror movie, like for example Nazis or Osorios or whatever, but uh, okay, he was in a way little English or American as you want to, as you prefer. But my God, he was a good director. I I saw a lot of people saying that was a pity and so on. But uh, okay, I, I didn't receive any good words uh, about uh, him. Not 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 bad words. <laughs> okay, but I I really expected more things. I think he he deserved it. But anyways, it's your opinion, your thoughts, also this one I'm going to send a Spanish message for the Spanish people um, you, you are ah, Lerath or Serene and Lycan but um, you talk so bad about his movies, but okay I'm not going to get into that, it's only that uh, for me it was very sad that Jose Ramon Larrat passed away um, as some people have said before, he was very funny and he was very intelligent and so I highly recommend uh, Thelianovi's documentary if you haven't seen it uh, and if you have the chance, go and see it and that's all, another director we are missing um, I hope Larrat is in a better place and that we start just loving a little more his movies so thanks, um, dear master, for all your work. And now let's change completely the topic after listening to some music. Remember, bye, match and dress.
me say it first Before I throw this money, honey Gonna make it worse, swear That's a type of that I want Ain't got no panties on the baby Why you even wear a skirt? Beat it home, make it hurt I got the man on me Hitting diamonds, make them splurge Exclusive frames, exclusive merch your nerves screamingly raw like the diabolical Dr. Z and his doubly diabolical daughter. <laughs> How many thrills can you take? Warning, this picture is for people with nerves of steel. Get rid of her right away. The sooner the better. I'm leaving here and Nadia's coming too. Too late now. As every month, here we have Robert Monell, that uh, this month he's going to review a 1982 movie called Botas Negras Latico de Cuero, a film noir with Antonio Mayans and Lina Romay, a mystery movie. Okay, today I'm going to be discussing a film called Botas Negras Latigo de Cuero. It's a 1982 film noir in which Jess Franco uh, made about this character named El Parara. He was a character created by Jess Franco, who was first played by Eddie Constantine in a 1966 movie called Katas Boca Arriba, or Attack of the Robots, in which he was a secret agent. He was then played by Howard Vernon in Franco's lurid 1972 crime movie, Vibrating Girls. 
He was then played by Jess Franco himself in the equally sleazy 1975 Z-budget thriller Downtown. Antonio Mayans, a frequent actor in Jess Franco's films, took over the role in 1982 for Botas Negras Latigo de Cuero, the film under discussion. Botas Negras is a neo-film noir shot in bright tropical colors on Spain's Costa del Sol. Porn star and stripper Lena, played by Lena Romay in her blonde Candy Costa persona, is the female femme fatale here who leads the deeply in debt, disgraced detective to the lower depths of corruption, lust, murder, and self-destruction. Lena dances in a club named Whips of Leather, a typical Jess Franco location, which plays a symbolic role here. She's actually a scheming siren who is using Al to eliminate her criminal associates in a plan to take for her to take over the local underworld. Lena Romay plays the classic film noir Black Widow character who seduces, makes love to, uses, and eliminates men as she moves up the corporate ladder of crime. Uh, sex and death triumph over love and life in this episode, obviously influenced by 1940s American film noir such as Out of the Past and The Killers. Franco creates a claustrophobic world of drugs, prostitution, and payoffs in smoky back rooms. Franco uses settings like a fog-shrouded swamp where Al meets Lena to consume his lust in a very, very effectively here. Lena wins her gambit at the end, and Al loses everything. Atmospherically shot with a sinister synth music score by Daniel White and Franco himself, Botus Negris is one of the best Al of the Al Pereira series. Lena Romay and Antonio Mayans give two of their best performances in, in the lead roles. Mayans would return as the character in the excellent 1983 Camino Solitario, and the girl with the red lips a few years later, and the recent El Parara versus the Alligator Ladies. Thanks a lot, Robert, for this review. Okay, thank you for having me. Está cerrado. Si vale una copa, señor inspector, hombre. Sin documentación. Le ha dicho usted al inspector que vio a un hombre. Vestía una chaqueta marrón y el pelo largo. Un hombre oscuro. Busco a Rochid. 300.000 euros. Hace tiempo que la mayoría de la cocaína entra en España por la vía africana. Somos un coladero. Se llama Santos Trinidad. En 1997 mató usted a una persona. No nos está permitido hablar de los operativos en los que hemos participado. Es malo trabajar para tanta gente, Rachid. Porque en inteligencia exterior se hicieron cargo de un caso de estupefacientes. Células yihadistas radicales. Terroristas. Rock and roll.
And that was all for this month. Thanks again to Javier Pulido for the interview. And also I want to thank Robert Monel for the review and the tribute, the same as Don Clark for the little tribute to La Raz. Um, also, uh, I want to thank the voiceover artist, Jane Knight Geddes. I hope I pronounce your name correctly. Um, that read um, Don Clark's letter. Thanks to everybody for listening. See you next month. Remember the email arises from Spain at gmail.com. Remember that I love you all. Bye bye. Turn the lights on, tell them turn the lights on. Turn the lights on, tell them turn the lights on. Turn the lights on, tell them turn the lights on. Turn the lights on, tell them turn the lights on. Turn the lights on, tell them turn the lights on. She's so bad, I'm like, oh, with this ice. Turn the lights on, tell them turn the lights on. Way before I had a deal, I had the sights on. Way before I wrote my will, I had these gray stones. Way before I wrote my will, I had these gray stones. VVS, my wrist, yeah, that look rainbow. We executives, we ain't on the same flow. If she ain't, what the she came for? Honey, runs it, yeah, my Turn the lights on, turn the lights on, turn the lights on.